Welcome to Reading for Attention, the weekly podcast where me, Paul, and me Bessie mate Sarah chat about a recent book whilst drinking a carefully selected beverage. Now, why have we committed to reading a book every single week and talking about it in a public forum? Well, the same reason me and Sarah do anything in life, for attention. Sarah, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Paul Webb? I'm in a stunning mood, gorgeous mood. Do you want to tell us why? Because Michael's making margaritas. Shake, <laughs> shake, 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 shake. Yeah. Do, 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 do you um, might even hear it in the background. It's 5 p.m. on a, well, it's 5.40, I'll give you that, on a Wednesday afternoon. Paul said, can we do the podcast early tonight, which usually means that he's got a prior engagement, something to do with work, but not tonight, baby. Oh, tonight no. it's all pleasure. Margaritas. I'm just so excited about how much I love margaritas now. Oh, my God, and you bought the tequila. Yeah. Was that where it came from? Is that why you're doing it? Uh, well, we've, we had a margarita night last week as well. Sorry, no, 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 this has to stop. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was a lie. We didn't. As long as it's just you and the husband, I can deal with it. But Sometimes we'll have a night where we'll just print out a huge photo of you, put it on the TV, just like tape oh. it to the front of the TV and just watch. We don't even talk. We just watch your photo all night. Um, well, if it was to scale, it wouldn't be huge. Thank you. <laughs> it's to scale. It's just the normal size and it fills the whole TV. <laughs> <laughs> mainly the forehead that's <laughs> <laughs> a 42 inch forehead <laughs> yeah um so yeah wednesday i mean it's only been a few days since we recorded last time we're mm-hmm. rarely i feel like this is a new time of day and week to record and i think yeah. wednesday is a good day for me mental health wise especially when <laughs> we've only got thursday to go and then it's the weekend i'm not hungover the sun was out. It appears to have gone again, but just feeling really great. Do you, when it's sunny outside, do you like go outside or do you just look outside and think it's nice outside? Varies. If I'm working from home, I'll sometimes realize I haven't left the house for a couple of days. Yeah. And then I might, I might go out. Oh, can you hear that? I can hear birds tweeting. Oh, it's the boiler. Room. The boiler yeah. does this thing where if you put the hot tap, oh, Jesus, you put the hot tap on, it goes. Mmm. And we rang a boiler company and they said, yeah, that's normal. I'm like, mm, pretty sure it's not, but okay. Oh, wicked. We wouldn't even do a service on that. So, all right, cheers. Hi. <laughs> uh, yeah, so what have, you, what, have you, what have I done since we last spoke? Well, I have to just talk about Monday night. Mm-hmm. It was a big LGBTQ plus celebration at work. Oh. Monday night. And I was really worried that people wouldn't come because it was Monday night. What a hundred people. Whoa, did you organise it? Oh, yeah. And by organise it, I mean I emailed catering and I emailed venues and said, hi, can you organise this party for me? And I will take isn't all the it, credit. Isn't it eye-opening when you work in an office and you're like an events planner to then see what events planning is? Yeah. Just yeah. emailing, babes. It's just loads and loads of emailing. Yeah. Emailing. Well, that's going to be my next star example at my next interview. When was the last time you planned a large-scale event? And I'll just make it sound like I did all of it. And then what happened at the event? Well, really senior... St- so basically, the organisation I work for has got the Stonewall Gold Award, which we're buzzing about because last time we did shit. And 
I'm on the network and so helped helped a bit. I, I, I've really made out being, that I did it all. I was going to say you're being quite coy. I thought you'd done it all. No, that's because that's what I told you. I definitely contributed. <laughs> now that the event's over, I can be more honest. No, we definitely contributed and the network got highly commended and all this shit. And then we had a big celebration at, on the eighth floor of the nicest building with an overlook in London and loads of senior staff Whoa. came and did speeches and we all dressed like it was pride and we had queer playlists and just rainbows everywhere. And it was really nice and oh, not God. to get too serious, but I'm glad that senior staff were there because it just makes you realize if you just don't be a dick about any of it and just join the community as an ally, it's so fucking fun. Like, why, why would you part of it, choose? Well, yeah. Why would you choose not to be like we had every kind of, person there we it was it was wonderful and just felt really celebratory and it's sad that people didn't get used, used to get to do that shit not even that long ago yeah no you're right it is very sad but can you imagine how much I was swanning through oh god, oh, the god I wish I'd seen it I was swan into the max I invited Michael so he was there we had some plus oh ones. stop I was just about to ask about plus ones and I was yeah plus one yeah so I had we had partners there but Michael always says, because he's, as you know, an introvert. And he says, if I come, you cannot leave me. And I say, I will not leave you, darling. I will, honestly, I'll be by your side all night. First thing I do is just swan off and then see him. And to be fair, there was a couple of people there who he knew, so it wasn't as bad. But I was, I was just walking from one corner of the room to the other with purpose, mm-hmm. like looking like yeah. I had somewhere to be. But yeah. really, I didn't. And then I just turned around, walked again. Like a catwalk. Was, yep. I was networking. I was introducing people to each other whose names I didn't know. It was... Oh, poor, stop it. Like the devil wears Prada. Oh, my God. It was fantastic. So, yeah, that was great. Probably it set us off for a bit of a strange week after doing that on a Monday, but it's only Mm. a four-day week, so it's all good. I think you messaged me because I was at work and you were pissed, and I was like, how has this happened then? (laughs) I know. E-God. I appreciate our sober fans and all we do is talk about drink, but the last thing we're going to do about talking about drink Mm-mm. is talking about the drink we're drinking right now. Oh yeah. Shall Sarah. We? Yeah. Go for it. What is it? What have you got? I've got obviously an absolute bastardization. So um, it's not tequila. I'm afraid it's vodka. Okay. I've got both. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll put some gin in mine then because I feel left out. So it's vodka and then I, I tried to get that palm juice, couldn't find it, obviously. So I went for a red berry juice instead, which is elusive enough that I think could could be palm. Yeah. Yeah. Sainsbury's own red berry juice. Um, and then some basil leaves. And then I just, it said, oh, lime, half a lime and some sugar syrup. And then it said uh, black, black pepper, pepper drops. I didn't optional. see that. Then I Googled it and it's actually, it's like a pipette like... thing you can get where you drop. Yeah. Black... I just thought it meant like black pepper specks. Well, see, I, I knew what it meant or I had the imagination. Oh. <laughs> um, but I, I don't have the resource, obviously. So I have just cracked some black pepper into it. And the black pepper, the crap black pepper and the basil, it's like I'm drinking a, a bit of a pizza. 
<laughs> yeah, I've done exactly the same. I just put some black pepper in. But I did get the palm. Did you? Is it nice? Um, I don't know if it's nice enough that I had to take out a small personal loan to buy it. <laughs> um, sorry, there are some seagulls that are bigger than men flying out. <laughs> wow. I love a seagull, you know. I love birds. Have we talked about this on the podcast? Uh, well, you must have done, Paul. You must have, because it is ridiculous. <laughs> Why don't you join a bird watching group? I will, but as long as they're like a party one, is that maybe that's a right. in the market, like a young a queer party bird watching group? Okay, because my um, friend works for a guy who set up a bird watching group called Flock Together. <laughs> Oh, and that's really cool. I would do flock because it rhymes with cock. What could we have? But queer, queer is a f- queer, queer. What is it? Something. F- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll call it that. Well, we're well done. <laughs> no, what queer birds? Dance cock flock. Cock flock. The cock flockers. Anyway, back to the palm. So I didn't look at how many milliliters, but I'm guessing it's probably 750 or maybe not even that maybe 600 how much do you think i paid for my fucking palm three pound 55 no shut up it was not more four pound 25 oh you nearly got it four pound 20 oh for 20 and then it says on the bottle oh, antioxidants and it's really marketed as a health drink and michael was like oh my god i'm gonna start drinking this i was like you've immediately fallen into the trap it's sugar it's fruit juice all it yeah. is is sugar for 420. But then can you imagine how many pomegranate seeds you would have to squeeze? To milk, yeah. Yeah, to get a full thing. What? Uh, Say that again. Four, four balls. balls. Oh, four balls. He's saying four whole pomegranates, <laughs> it says on the bottle. It's <laughs> going four balls. Four, four balls. balls. That's for later. We've got a, that's <laughs> that's for the bedroom, the four balls. <laughs> Ooh, Pop I mean, fuckers. only myself laugh there uh yeah so that is what i'm drinking it's it's nice it kind of if you just close your eyes it just tastes like a margarita weirdly what yeah because it's oh, because the of the tequila, tequila. yeah that's, but i mean quantities of tequila yeah but i mean if the pot if the pom was 85 percent cheaper i'd be drinking it all the time but 420 that's more than some of the bottles of wine i drink oh i'm just I'm just looking at you and I can tell you've got a little summery shirt on. You're drinking that drink through a straw. You, you've, you're you really, really fucking excited for this margarita night. And I, I want to harm someone because I'm not there. Get a flight. Shall I check them now? Yeah, do it. Get an overnight train. I'll still be going in the morning. <laughs> no, you won't. I will not be going in the morning. I'll 10 p.m. Be... You'll be passed out. Yep, 100%. Well, you can still you... make it by 10. <laughs> <laughs> um that's not like Chewbacca when I do that yeah anyway. you do oh, I've not told you what I've been up to this week right go on then oh no. mm. not been up to out should I tell you about my disaster yeah no you, you don't sound convinced oh the no, one I that I know about it. yeah go on have at it you always edit no. the first half so you can decide whether it stays in no I'm not going to we're just going to talk about the book instead okay Sarah's had the shit. Right, what's the book? <laughs> the book is... Wait, this is your book? What's is the it? book? Yeah. Oh, you, you tell you what it is. <laughs> you know what I've been doing? I've been... Because th- I've You've been, been thinking... drinking alcohol. Alcohol, alcohol, alcohol. But I've been... Oh, Jesus. I'm on my first yeah. drink use. No, mm. what I've been thinking is what am I going to say 
first because I'm imagining you say it, but you're absolutely oh, no. right. And now I've got to think of that. Yeah, you're right. So the book is Luster by Raven oh, Luster by Raven Leilani. Stunning name. And this came out in 2020. It has won some awards, shortlisted for the British Book Awards 2022 for debut of the year. Winner of the Swansea University International Dylan Thomas Prize and longlisted for the Women's Prize for Fiction. So, hang on a second. She's called Edie. Oh, my God. The first line is Edie is just trying to survive. I do not remember her name being in that at all. Well, it wasn't. It was not in it. This God. Is the I'm going to die on. I'm going to look through the whole book right I now. I don't think, oh, what a gorgeous cover. I'm really getting into the covers. It is hot, hot, hot. Just a big pair of red lips. Well, while you're looking to see if she's called Edie. I've given up because she's not. She's not. Edie, apparently, is just trying to survive. She's messing up in her dead-end admin job in her all-white office, sleeping with all the wrong men, and has failed at the only thing that meant anything to her, painting. No one seems to care that she doesn't know what she's doing with her life beyond looking for the next hookup. I don't see anything wrong with that. And then she meets Eric, a white middle-class no, a white, well, he is middle-class, middle-aged archivist. Archivist? How would you say that? Archivist. But archivist. I'm, I'm wrong. My mum always says I get my pronunciations wrong on this mm. Oh, judgmental. Uh, with is. a suburban family. Love you, Christine. Including a wife who has sort of agreed to Love an open too, marriage. Man. And an adopted black daughter who doesn't have a single person in her life who can show her how to do her hair. As if navigating the constantly shifting landscape of sexual and racial politics as a young black woman wasn't already hard enough, with nowhere else left to go, Edie finds herself falling headfirst into Eric's home and family. Razor sharp, provocatively page-turning and surprisingly tender, Luster by Raven Leilani is a painfully funny debut about what it means to be young now. So basically, in my words, dead end life of this woman, doesn't know what the hell she's going to do, starts shagging this married man ends up sort of like moving into the house weird yeah and that's the fucking gist of it so mm. sarah what mm. did you think well you know what i think paul mm. i thought it was shite <laughs> <laughs> i can't i can't even pretend the cover is stunning it's all red the back's red the edges of the pages are red that's where the good stuff ends. I am furious. <laughs> no, okay, this I'm being unfair. I'm doing this it is why I, I was going to be way more diplomatic if I was first person speaking. <laughs> Were you? Oh, this is why you should have gone for fuck's sake. Anyway, um, so we've read a number of them, but there seems to be, if anyone is at all aware of the current like book market, fiction book market, there is a complete, I'm not going to say oversaturation, but like a flood of these types of books that follow these women that are in their early to mid-20s, navigating life um, and not doing terribly well at it. I just think they've been so, like we've read boy parts, absorbed. I feel like we've probably read more than just that as well of this sort of genre. Yeah. I've read loads. There's... Uh, my year of rest and relaxation which I talk about all the time I say all the time I think I've mentioned it once um crudo I'm looking at myself right now mm, would the Mars room be one maybe not anyway there's just loads there are loads that have come out in the last couple of years 
of this type of book and I think that this one is the worst but it seems to be celebrated the most I just didn't get it I just didn't get it there's very little dialogue I love dialogue I I, noticed that immediately there's really very very little at one point I thought there was none but there is yeah there's like every now and then someone will just say something really hateful and then the other person will just like look away and so every single character is weird and it's not in like um a way that I just don't recognize it's that they're deliberately these strange people but I can't understand how every single person in this person's life is incredibly strange like none of them are straightforward none of them are funny that that part about it being funny was a load of bollocks I can't believe I've I really didn't think it was funny when I when I've just read that out there I made a face is it supposed to be funny Paul do you know what I've just looked at the back of the blurb I don't read blurbs and it's I don't because of the Kindle just trying to survive (laughs) So her name is Edie. Well, that's a bloody burb I've just read out. Burb. <laughs> burb. Right. We. I need to just, I need to be a bit more diplomatic about this. You obviously know my true feelings now. Mm. Um, in fairness, some really beautiful moments of description, like some of the turns of phrase are really uh, masterful. And there were moments when I was like, oh, that is a fucking nice sentence. But... In terms of, the, like I say, this genre that this book has been placed into and is being marketed as, uh, there isn't any of the usual like tropes that go along with it, which I'm not saying is a bad thing, but it's just, I love that. I love these witty, chaotic women who make all of the wrong decisions, but they're like, find it funny or they're like, oh, my life's tragic lol lol (laughs) she's so sincere she seems to mess up all the time although I don't actually see where any of her like she believes that her life is a mess and you know what arguably it is quite messy but it's she's doing all the right like she's looking for jobs and she's trying not to be in these situations she's trying to paint all the time she thinks she's a failed artist and she paints every night and stuff like that whereas the characters of books that we've read that are also from this genre are like I'm a mess and I can't help it and I'm really just fucking everything up and lol. I don't know, it just... And the dialogue, I just can't go over something with no dialogue because it makes these already incredibly strange characters even more strange because none of them seem to... Well, they don't communicate with one another. They all seem to hate one another. They all exist in the same house. And it's just like, well, babe, it, uh, like a very surface level premise, you've moved into the house of the man that you shag in and his whole family. Babe, if it's this dreadful, just move out, just leave. And I know that there are certain obstacles in the way of that, but there are also obstacles that could be quite easily overcome. Yeah. Am I oversimplifying it? No, I mean, so I was going to start by saying... There are things about this book that really appeal to me. The premise really appeals to me. You know that I'm a huge supporter of shagging married men and moving in with them, hilarious. When the wife's still there, even better. But yeah, I found it really difficult because it was so depressing. Like every single one of them just had this really depressing life. I didn't sense any comedy. I don't... I've obviously missed that. I, I guess maybe we have different, I don't know, cultural comedy references. Like it's an American, but... No, I don't think Americans would find this funny either. Well, clearly do because it's won all these awards. Is it partly jealousy? Probably. But yeah, I, th- I think the, the thing, one of the things I found difficult about it was that I thought it set itself up for a really good premise. Like I actually yeah. don't know if I have read a book where 
that I can remember where someone gets in a relationship with a married guy. And I mean, I must have, but I thought that's a great way to set up tension. Mm-hmm. And the tension was sort of evaporated by the fact that the woman knew about it. Yep. Invited her into the house, started this sort of friendshipy relationship with her but it was it wasn't really clear what their relationship was it wasn't clear if she was really angry about the cheating people just seem to exist in this weird world Mm -hmm. without any kind of forward movement and again I've said before on this podcast that I'm not I'm not that asked about plot I'm much more interested in character so I don't need there to be a really pacey tense tense plot where you know, it's going to reach this massive climax, but I just felt like there was none of it. Uh, yeah, 100% agree. I loved the introduction of the black child. So basically these mm-hmm. these white uh, middle-aged people who live a privileged life and are in sort of an open relationship, I never really understood that. They have adopted a black child and the protagonist in the book, Edie apparently, is black and they start to have a bit of a relationship because... The, the little girls never had a sort of familial figure who is black. And obviously there are cultural things that this little girl has been completely deprived of. For example, you know, doing hair. And that mm-hmm. maybe that was one of the times that made me laugh is when the white parents just could not do her hair and she had to do it for the child. And she was just like, what the fuck is this? I don't remember. But that relationship wasn't, explored enough for me that never became a huge part of the plot and it was only introduced in the last truly introduced as a relationship because the girl is sort of like a fleeting presence she flicks in and out of like see so the the idea of them having this relationship only happens in the last third easily if not later and that's on the that's on the fucking blurb that's like one of the reasons why this sort of transaction works why her moving into this home as the other woman is sort of accepted because they're like oh well the child is also going to benefit from this but then we don't even get that and then they start sending her money which she just is fine about I mean I would be the best part of the book was for me what and I'm just going to spoil it because I think it's funny yeah is that she's snooping through the house and she finds a gun and she holds this gun for ages and then she puts it back and a few chapters later she's hanging out with the wife and the wife gives her the gun and she holds the gun and then she like, puts it back. And then a few chapters later, the next door neighbor's dog, who the wife hates, is shot dead in the middle of the night because it barks all the time. And there's no explanation. There's never any resolution. But obviously we know that the wife has shot the dog. That was far and away the best part of the book. <laughs> now that is funny. <laughs> that's funny. That but that's is it. funny. Yeah. And the only reason that's funny is because of how long and drawn out that sequence of events was. Like yeah. she first finds the gun pretty early on. She sneaks around the house in the early days. And then there's the mention of the gun much later on. And then mm-hmm. the dog is dead even later on than that. And <laughs> Chekhov's <laughs> gun. It's literally <laughs> Chekhov's gun. Yeah. I mean, I've been trying to think about why I didn't enjoy this book and why I absolutely loved boy parts because again it's kind of there's a sense of nihilism in it there's a sense of life's shit so why not just Mm -hmm. why bother and I think again it's just that I didn't find it funny and it's obviously just my taste but 
It was like when she had an apartment that was full of cockroaches, I was like, of course it is. And then she had this job that she hates. And I I was just like, oh, God, why? She does masturbate a little bit, but she doesn't even seem to enjoy that. Yeah, no, she doesn't enjoy the sex that she has with the... With this horrible, balding, horrible man. And also I didn't... (sighs) I did not understand the characterization at all of these people. And I suppose it was quite successful in the fact that there was like a duality at minimum presented for each of them. Like the little girl seems both really powerful and then also quite naive. And then the the the, the dad, the, the bloke that she's having the affair with, she both lusts after him, but then kind of resents him and is um, like nauseated by him. And it's the same with the woman. The woman she both is petrified of doesn't give a shit about and also seeks her approval so there is this kind of like and that and and I believed all of that like it wasn't like I was like oh make your mind up which one is it I I thought that was successful but I just I think I don't know maybe I'm just a bit like maybe I'm just a bit stuck in my ways in terms of wanting dialogue because I really don't think you can understand a character's intentions true or not without them ever speaking and without with the all we get is just this first person narration where actually it's it's even then it's a bit detached we don't ever get to know the narrator like we know that she's fucking miserable and and there is and there have been some really traumatic events in her life which she doesn't ever delve into so we're not even allowed into that part yeah and and we don't understand she's not interested at all in unpacking her feelings around anything so I think you're right. I'm I'm the same in like I don't necessarily need plot. I just need good characters. But she she's not even interested in developing her own character. She doesn't want to let us in on any secrets. She doesn't want to she's not interested in furthering herself or like her own life. It's very much the way that it's written. And then I did is it first person? Yes. Yeah. And then I do this and then I go over here. And then I open the fridge and then I look at someone in the eyes and then I think this just all written like that and yeah if you can because you are right this genre is really popular and and I'm not over the genre I enjoy the genre but if you compare it to something like I May Destroy You granted Mm -hmm. they're different like you know it's it's not the same story at all but again just like Boy Parts Absorbed Luster I May Destroy You is about a character who doesn't really know what she's doing she's making terrible decisions she's pretty miserable Mm -hmm. a lot of the time but she's so enchanting and charismatic and witty and Mm -hmm. really a a really whole character parts of which you know parts of the character that you hate but you still you still want to know what she's what drives her and you you care about the decisions she makes and I think that's the genius of something like that and boy parts um is that you know that these characters are miserable you wouldn't want to be friends with them but you would want their approval Oh, a hundred percent. I'm thinking of that, you know, that scene in I May Destroy You when she's in an obviously manic state and she's on the toilet wearing that hat. Yeah. Chatting to a flatmate about what tweet she should send. And the whole time watching it, you're like pissing yourself because she's it's just chaos personified. Like she can't like everything about it is out of control and it's so fucking funny but also you're like no do not tweet that you idiot like yeah. this is really gonna damage your career this is gonna that you're gonna really regret this decision and you're so invested that like you want to jump in and be like babe look at me stop shut up where's this Edie? oh well it wasn't even like these these decisions held any kind of stakes like there was no like urgency that's right 
there was no it was like all in a bubble it was all yeah. happening within this bubble and it didn't seem to be affecting anything outside of the bubble and she's not which yeah. loses her job it's just this contained existence that one of the I May Destroy You episodes I love the most is where she gets really she really starts to feel herself because she's oh got God, so, yeah. <laughs> she's got all of this attention and she walks around and she just turns into an absolute dick and she starts judging everyone she judges a friend because he hadn't told a girl he was dating that he's gay yeah and she just suddenly thinks that she's like the absolute shit and obviously that's a terrible if that was my friend I'd be like oh for god's sake but uh-huh. I still love her exactly and I just wasn't getting anything from our ED unfortunately no, me neither. I don't. I feel horrible for it, and I think quite a lot of people, not obviously a lot of people like this book, but I know people that have read this book that enjoyed it. I need to actually ask them. Well, that's a good point. I obviously this book's done incredibly well. It just hasn't resonated with me or Sarah. But please do email in with your disagreements. I was the reason. So when yeah. we're in full disclosure, when we're in Edinburgh, I was like, I really want to talk to you about Luster, but. I, don't want to do it to the podcast and of course I couldn't help myself but what I was kind of hoping was that you really liked it because I feel like we do generally agree on everything and I'm waiting for the book where we don't and I thought this might have been it when we disagree we disagree and it's bad and I don't like it well when we disagree we either agree yeah we come around yeah like if you'd said you loved it I might be like oh my god me too or (laughs) we really disagree no (laughs) waiting for that episode Uh, right but to give some credit I have got a couple of bits that I really liked and I've taken a picture of so I really like this bit it's just talking about at work my routine is always the same I dart from the train and immediately wash my hands in the office bathroom I load up on the freehand lotion the publisher started oh she works in publishing shock the publisher started putting out after it was revealed that the women in the company a whopping 80 87 percent of the employee base are still making less than the men the hand lotion has slightly increased morale even though the quality is on par with that diabolical drugstore cocoa butter that leaves you ashier than before i post a joke about the l train on twitter and i delete it when i don't get any likes i listen to a newly pregnant publicity assistant wretch lately always between 903 and 915 in one of the stalls and i firm up my ponytail i kill a roach in the kitchen grab a cup of tepid coffee and sit at my desk where before i start work i browse through some photos of friends who are doing better than me then an article on a black teenager who was killed on 115 for holding a weapon later identified as a shower head then an article on a black woman who was killed on the grand concourse for holding a weapon later identified as a cell phone then i drown myself in the comments section and do some online shopping by which i mean i put four dresses in my cart as a strictly theoretical exercise and then let the page expire love that yeah 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 yeah. funny yeah i've got i've got a section that's really similar and it happens on page 11 so and it made me like lol and I was like yes this is gonna be sick um so it's when she's on the first date like actual in-person date with this guy he says something and she says all I want is for him to have what he wants I want to be on 
I want to be uncomplicated and undemanding. I want no friction between his fantasy and the person I actually am. I want all that and I want none of it. I want the sex to be familiar and tepid, for him to be unable to get it up, for me to be too open about my IBS so that we are bonded in mutual consolation. I want us to fight in public and when we fight in private, I want him to maybe accidentally punch me. I want us to have a long, fruitful bird-watching career and then I want us to find out we have cancer at exactly the same time. Then I remember his wife. The coaster eases downward and we fall because we're on a roller coaster. But it was that. That's <laughs> that, good. Yeah. And I remember reading that and being like, oh, okay. I like You know this what? It's, it's almost like a poem. Maybe she should write poetry. Yeah. Mate, do you know, as I was reading that, I was thinking, maybe we just don't fucking get it. Because we definitely she says right at the beginning, exactly like what I've just read out, she says, this is how I want it to be. And do you know what? She successfully pulls that off. Mm-hmm. Like t- almost to the line, yeah, is what happens. So maybe we're just thick. Maybe we're just thick. Well, that's f- I'm fine with that. Uh, I've got one more that I highlighted. Do you ever, when you're on Kindle, you know how some people highlight stuff and it says mm-hmm. this one says 200, no, yeah, yeah, two, like it 270 highlights. It immediately makes me like it better because I'm like, yeah, me too. so many people must have liked it anyway. Yeah, I don't read on Kindle, but when I would read on Kindle and I would highlight something starting at the end of one page and then go on to the next and half through the paragraph that I was highlighting millions of other people started to highlight I'd be like yes I'm smart I also realize that that's a good line and I actually think that all of it's a good line yeah I haven't figured out how to highlight yet but I will learn so this one isn't funny I don't I've just taken a picture I'll just read he is the most obvious thing that has ever happened to me and all around the city it is happening to other silly half-formed women excited by men who've simply met the prerequisite of living a little more life a terribly unspecial thing that is just what happens when you keep on getting up and brushing your teeth and going to work and ignoring the whisper that comes to you at night and tells you it would be easier to be dead. So sure, an older man is a wonder because he has paid 38 years of Con Ed bills and suffered food poisoning and seen the climate reports and still not killed himself. But somehow, after being a woman for 23 years, God, it's only 23, after the ovarian torsion and student loans and newfangled Nazis in button downs, I too am still alive. And actually, this is the more remarkable feat. Instead, I let myself be awed by his middling command of the wine list. Oh, that that was the part where I, I like rejoined the dots with that open that paragraph that I just read you on page eleven because that's mm. really towards the end and I was just like, if we kept that same energy throughout, yeah. I would be obsessed with you because it's so fucking good and it's so like accurate. There are some things that I think are a bit obvious, like the whole um, in the first quote that you read out. They're like, I go online shopping and by online shopping I mean I add four dresses to my cart and then. Like that's a that's a, an obvious character that feels like a Twitter character trait of someone. It's like, yeah. oh, today I was really ready to pay four hundred pounds on ASOS, and then the delivery was four ninety five. So I closed that tab, and it'll get like a million retweets or whatever. Yeah, and it felt like that obvious comedy, but there is just something quite subtly genius about pointing out everyday things that everyone does and as long as you're the first person to point it out you've like succeeded and yeah. she's done that well in that like the his middling command of the wine list or whatever what a it's like, brilliant yeah, line yeah and but it resonates so much even though oh, I don't think I've ever been in that <laughs> I don't date. So, <laughs> But what I really like about this quote is that something I've noticed about humans is that this is really profound. Don't get too excited. Like, holy, holy hell. But something I find hilarious about life is that people just do not practice what they preach in any sense of the word. So 
people's politics is often completely at odds with their personal life. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's like, you know, people say, oh, well, Martin Luther King cheated on his wife or um, who else do they say things like that about, you know, these these historical figures who've been emblems of peace and all this stuff, but they're still dicks in their personal life. And this is it. So she knows she knows that he's not right for her. She knows that he's a mediocre, white, older guy who's maybe had a little bit of life experience. And if she was in a university seminar, she would be explaining how this is the patriarchy and we should fight against mm-hmm. it and we should have more self-respect. But in, she knows that she doesn't. So no matter what she says, no matter what our politics are, no matter what she feels about cheating, she's going to do it anyway. And I'd I like that because it humanizes people. We can say what the fuck we want on Twitter or mm-hmm. at the Stonewall Gold event or whatever. Yeah. In our personal lives, we're all dicks. And in one way or another, we all make stupid mistakes. We all do things that we know are immoral, mm-hmm. but we do them anyway. Because probably something to do with a lack of self-respect or... Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like she says in the beginning when she wants him to accidentally punch her. Yeah. Like For, I would yeah, I mean, I read that as she wants the attention and yeah. I can relate. Or just that moment of like sympathy. I don't know. Like Yeah. Oh, I love a bit of sympathy. I worry sometimes that I'm gonna get Munchausen's disease. <laughs> Who is it? Who's who do people say has that? Oh, Jamila Jamil. I like Jamila Jamil, so I'm not going to. I like Jamila Jamil. Wasn't sure what she said about Will Smith, but let's not get into that. Have a look. She tweeted about it. So perhaps this book didn't resonate with us in the way that we hoped it would, but undeniably some really great parts of it. And Mm -hmm. obviously, just maybe we're not the target market yeah that's it I wouldn't change anything you know how sometimes I'm like oh I just wish there was a bit more of this or a bit more of that or a bit less of this whatever I wouldn't change any of it because I know that this works in its entirety but just not for me yeah maybe a bit more speech though well that's um, but then it wouldn't have worked do you know what I mean for the people that it's really fucking worked for Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have worked. I guess. Anyway, thank you, Raven. <laughs> oh. Look, I know, but the good thing is, number one, she's, she's never, never going to hear this. And number two, she's <laughs> not going to give a shit what we think. So <laughs> <laughs> we are nobodies. <laughs> So can I tell you something that funny that happened on the tube? You absolutely can. So I was on the way to work, reading Luster actually, uh-huh. and oh, who's whose alarm's going off, babe? Oh, um... it's the oven. It's me dinner. Oh, you haven't been dins. Uh, I had to buy tender stem broccoli and chicken, so something to do with that. So I was Sorry, sitting and I felt this tickling sensation on my shoulder. Fuck off! Fuck off! Fuck off! Like my neck, pretty much, because I had I had quite a big coat on, so I couldn't have felt it through that, and I mm. turned. And there was a camel spider on my shoulder. Sorry, sorry, sorry. What the fuck is a camel spider? So a camel spider is one of those like massive ones you find in the rainforest. It wasn't one of those really. It was a tarantula. <laughs> it was fucking huge. And especially with my bins, which magnify <laughs> everything. <laughs> it was just was this huge. It was like a bird with eight legs on my shoulder. <laughs> and I thought in a split second, I can't panic. I don't want to embarrass myself. So I just flicked it with my hand. And then before I knew it, someone in the corner got up and screamed, like <laughs> screamed. And you know what London's like, people don't want to interact on the tube. Everyone's really miserable. Flung up and screamed. It was a middle-aged businessman. <laughs> <laughs> and I just flicked this tarantula right onto him. And I didn't know whether I should be embarrassed. And I was like, 
I was laughing, but I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And he was so ah. mortified. And then the spider was just like in between us and it kept like going towards me, had to move seats. And I just <laughs> didn't know what to think. You know, when something like that happens and I kept reading and I just, none of it went in, but I was just like, <laughs> yeah. just stare at the book. Other people were sort of laughing. And then this woman tried to help this man saying, oh, it's probably more scared of you than you are of it. Oh, shut up. It's not. It honestly But he was just thoroughly emasculated by the moment. And then, of course, he got off at the exact same stop as me. So I had to, like, run forward. It was absolutely terrifying. Um, What, do you think he was going to kick the shit out of you for flinging a spider at him? Well, it was just... It was like something off a cartoon. I can't (laughs) describe it. Yeah, it was mortifying. Just just give me some indication of how big we're talking. Um, Probably like that. Where the fuck's that come from, man? I know, I know. I'd say for the listener, I'd say an inch, which is quite big for a spider. Um, I don't like spiders, but I'm not that clearly not that scared of them. but, But it made us think about this emasculation thing because... When I was on the way to get me palm today, Mm-mm. there's something about the way certain men move through the world that fucking infuriates me. So, yeah. you know, the crossing outside, you know how an, you go to Sainsbury's from mine mm-hmm. and there's a crossing on the left where you would yeah. go to the tube. This man had decided he wasn't going to use the crossing because that's, I don't know, that's too girly. Yeah, so he walked he just and it's it's a very busy road. It's a fucking high road. He, I'd say, was about two meters away from the crossing. What and it was, by the way, it's, the travel lights were still on green. Just walked into the road and held his hand up. Oh, what a prick! A car just had to like fucking screech to a halt and then did the exact same on the other side. Instead of just walking two extra meters, pressing the button, waiting twelve seconds, and walking across like a fucking normal person. And I am only a man would do that. I'd hit, I'd hit him with my car. Oh, and he was quite fit as well, which made it worse. But well, it's the same energy as have you ever noticed that I mean it's almost this example but have you ever noticed that if, if a man misjudges crossing the road like if there's not a crossing you just have to wait for there to be a gap uh-huh. if a man misjudges it and the, the car's actually closer than he thought that he'll he, slow down he will not run no. he will not do no, the little no, no. jog that the rest of us do and maybe put a hand up to say sorry that was stupid he would rather be hit by a car than have to admit that he's misjudged walking across the road I know. It's unbearable. And then the other one that I always think of in this situation is men pushing the trolley, pushing the baby with one hand. Right. So they won't push. You'll notice they won't push a buggy with two hands because that's too feminine. They will push the buggy with one hand, have one hand in the pocket or one hand on the, like looking at their phone because that's like the macho way to push the baby. Oh my God. It's yeah. So actually looking back, I'm quite glad I flipped the spider on that man. It was a total accident, but it's <laughs> whole bravado just disappeared and he was just naked to the world as a terrified of spiders businessman. Wow. That is unreal. Well done. Well done. You. Thank you. Wow, you're like a hateful Spider-Man. And my second name's Webb. When I was oh younger, <laughs> when I was younger, because my brother's always this is where Paul Webb doesn't sound so shit anymore. Yeah, my brother was always Webby, which I never really liked. And then I didn't really have. It's really again, God, I'm such a man here, but it's really straight men who do the last name with the Y on the end as a nickname. So yeah, Webby. Yeah, although I did used to call you Hopkins, but. Um, I thought that was so fit. Bring that. Yeah, I might do. So, but I thought on my MSN, I changed my name to Webbet. Oh, I like that. To Spider Web. S P Y D A W E B B. Wow. Needless to say, it did not catch on. No. 
No. I think I even put like a web emoji, emoji next to it. Wow, Paul. Yeah, maybe don't. Let's keep the pen name as is for now. Yeah. It's still, it's still a work in progress. We'll get there. Yeah, spider web. Do you know what I will say? One of the most uh, straight men that I know is my brother. Mm. However, he is completely the opposite. I don't. Maybe that's like all of the description all of the things you've like described if he was pushing a pram he'd use two hands because that would just be the easiest thing for him to do because he used two hands and both of his feet (laughs) he would he would (laughs) he'd be in the pram being pushed um he would 100% run across the road well he would wait at the traffic light for the green man and he wouldn't even cross if there was route maybe I've really underestimated him you should ask him and what was the other thing oh my god he really really reacts to a jump scare and I've got this (laughs) But actually, I say really reacts. His reactions are like a minute delayed. And <laughs> we would want, he hates horror films. And once when I was back home, I forced him to watch horror film with me. And I could just, I was just watching him. He was watching the film and I was watching him because that's where my entertainment was coming from. And he was so scared that he couldn't speak, he couldn't move. And we'd watched this horror film. I think it was a zombie film. He was having the worst time of his life. And I was like, I've got an excellent plan now. In our garage back home, we have a freezer where we keep ice cream mainly and I was like please you go and get me an ice cream and he was obviously just excited for the relief of getting away from this film so he went out of the back and I went out of the front and you can connect the two via our driveway which goes down the side so I went out the front and like ran at him like one of these zombies in a film so like really jolted running the silence just complete silence and he looked at me and it was like he'd been tranquilized. The only reaction was he just dropped the ice cream Aww. that he'd gone to get. And he just looked at me complete and utter, like, disgust. Like, it, I can't even, he was just like, <laughs> oh, stop it. You know how I feel <laughs> I about practical jokes. And then, and then I'm not, and this is an exaggeration. I'd already reached him at this point and was pissing myself about 30, 40 seconds later. He went, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, see, oh. I am such a Ross from Friends when it comes to practical jokes. You I hate, hate them. And Michael's family are big pranksters. They're big pranksters. And it, early in the relationship, they did. And I mean, it happened in Edinburgh. Do you remember? Yeah, I've tried pranking you a few times and it's not gone down well. Honestly, my immediate reaction is to beat the shit out of someone and I don't usually ever get that. But do you remember what happened when we were walking through Edinburgh and there was that stat- human statue thing? No, it wasn't even a human statue. It was like oh, yeah. some creepy man. And this little, tiny, cute little boy went up to him, probably to give him some money. But he knew what was going to happen when he gave him the money. Well, <laughs> clearly he wasn't anticipating quite that reaction. So... He scared him. This is in like, a, I want to say Piazza in Edinburgh. It was on, it was on the Royal Mile. The Royal Mile. And the, <laughs> I learned that word off Housewives yesterday. And the little boy shit himself, ran back to his mum. Everyone was pissing themselves. <laughs> he shit himself. Everyone was pissing themselves. And uh, <laughs> like ran into his mother's embrace and cried. And everyone in Edinburgh was laughing at him. And I was Please. fucking fuming. I wanted to slit everyone's throat. I just, I hate the, like, everyone's just laughing at someone. And as when you're an adult, you don't even get to cry. You just have to go, <laughs> yeah, great one. Everyone's laughing at me. Yeah, I don't like it when it happens to me. 
But right. when it happens to other people, see, my I used to be the same as you. I used to think that my humor was like really intelligent, and you could only get me with wit and um and cynicism. <laughs> I've said that. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're offended because I've said. <laughs> you know, I'm not. I'm not. All right. Um, you bitch. But then. The- <laughs> But then the older that I get, the more that my humour seems to be regressing. And I don't use that word. I use that word hesitantly because I actually think, like, You've Been Framed would never have been funny to me as a child. But now that is my top tier humour. People like walking into things, falling over, being pranked. I just can't get enough of it. I think it's actually the funniest. I'm just going to watch hundreds of TikToks of people falling over the second we get off this Zoom. Sarah, I have to say, when it comes to Michael's humour, you know, that is his ultimate. And yeah. You've Been Framed is his favourite show. And I was never into it, obviously, because it's all just basically practical jokes. Let's just laugh at everyone. Although yeah. the thing that makes me sleep at night with You've Been Framed is that they've sent it in. And, they've got and they money. get paid. Yeah. So I have got a little bit more into it. And what I like is like watching Michael laugh at it because he cries laughing. And then sometimes, and I say sometimes, almost daily uh-huh. he will just be in the kitchen or be in bed or something and just start pissing himself I'm like what and yes it was literally yesterday when oh it was the one where the woman's got that filter and she's in the bath of the ghost and then the ghost goes onto a shampoo bottle behind <laughs> like I would have never find found that funny but now Michael thinks about that all the time and then there's another one that I've grown to love is there's a person in a car and they're filming out of the windscreen it's parked (laughs) and this old woman walks past and she's got a carrier bag and they just go honk and she throws the carrier bag (laughs) onto a bottle of milk he said it's just like a pint of milk (laughs) and she just throws it I've seen it I love it yeah my favourite one of those, and it was, I found it when I just moved to Edinburgh and I was in this group chat and I sent it to the group chat being like, this is the funniest video you will ever watch. And then and no, everyone saw it. No one replied by one person being like, that just looks really fucking awful. And I was like, oh no, what have I done? But basically it's this huge, like huge slide in America, you know, like this massive, massive slide. So like multiple dips in them and you go down them in like a little Hessian sack. Yeah. And it's like made out of corrugated iron or something. It's some boot, like bootleg slide. And there's this tiny child flight (laughs) in a Hessian sack. And and his body turns horizontal. And he hits one of the the bumps in this slide. And you just hear this almighty, like, echoey metal bang. And then he, like, bounces from that bump in the slide to the next bump. And you hear his head hit. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's just silent. His dad's just filming and he's not making a sound. And then he gets to the bottom and his dad just goes, all right, uh, walk it off. <laughs> you need to share this video. You need to put that on. I'm not doing it justice because it is actually the funniest video on the internet. Oh, God. No wonder we didn't understand this really intelligent book. <laughs> yeah, I just like it when kids hit the head. Yeah, nothing funnier than kids with concussion. Right, next week's well, book. Oh shit! Yes, it is. We are reading *Bewilderment* by Richard Powers. Yeah, is that right. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. just fucking remembered that off the top of my head. 
God, you deserve a medal. I deserve to understand luster is what I deserve. <laughs> um, and we're going to be... So, I don't know anything about it. I've Maybe... started it and I'm enjoying it so far. It's very different to anything we've read, I believe. Oh, no. It's a man who has a neurodiverse son and they appear to be travelling to different planets. But I can't work out if they actually are yet that or not. It's a fucking sci-fi book. It's... I th- oh, it may well be, but I'm enjoying it so far. Okay. Is it long? I feel like it's going to be long. No, but you know what I've realised about Kindle? It starts you on the first page of the book, which means that sometimes it skips all of the crap that comes before it. So you're, sometimes you're starting on like 6%, but I didn't know that. So what I've been oh. doing with every single book is reading for half an hour. I've been like, oh, I'm 14% through. This book's really mm-hmm. short, but it's because I've already skipped 6%. But it calculates your reading speed, doesn't it? I'd ooh, this maybe this is uh this is a little quirk of mine. <laughs> I have no indicators of where I am in the book when I'm reading it. Wow. I don't have time and chapter, I don't have percentage, nothing. I only check it when I finish my reading spell. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise my eye is just looking at that the whole time. Yeah, no, I'm the same. Like, that's all I care about. Yeah. It's like when you have subtitles on and you just can't stop looking at the subtitles. Yeah. I've changed my reading style on my phone so that I scroll down for a page instead of like, so it's just a continuous scroll to try and get rid of the element of pages. Ah, I love how we're we're doing everything we can to make reading. To make it less like we're reading. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Oh, we love it. The drink that we're going to be drinking with bewilderment is, well, I just thought what drink gets you the most bewildered? Like what's the strongest drink there is? Death in the Afternoon was up there. Yeah, don't know if um, I can have that again, though. We're not doing that ever again in our lives. And then I thought zombie, but you know zombie's got like two different types of rum in it. And I just thought, I don't want to buy two different bottles of rum. One of them is 63% as well. No. Ray and nephew run. run. Oh. That's how it sets oh, on fire. Please. I think it has to be above something to set on fire. And that's why they use, you know, they put it in the little passion fruit thing. Oh, no mm, way. Yeah. My, me and my cousin once shared a, like a big cocktail that was in a school thing. Love that. And there was this burning passion fruit. Well, like mm. a hollowed out passion fruit that was burning on the top. And I was like, shot that. And she went, yeah. And she picked it up and she shot at it. And then the guy behind the bar like dropped to the bottom. And he was like, that was lighter fluid. <gasps> you never. <laughs> well, that's against health and safety procedures. I wonder why he did that to us. Because that was like, obviously we weren't going to be the only people to ever do that. Maybe it was a practical joke. Lol. Oh, no. See, no, Paul. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm being a miserable. Um, so then I thought, what's in a Long Island iced tea? Well, tequila, uh-huh. vodka, uh-huh. gin, uh-huh. whiskey. Oh, I don't know. There's like five spirits in it. Fuck that. I'm not doing that then. Well, why don't what's we do... With... Oh, go, go on. on. <laughs> what's the one with like the in it? A martini? Not, not a martini. It's something else. Shit, let me check my phone. What were you going to say? I was going to say we could just pour a little bit of the five spirits that we've got and then mix it with Long Island Ice Tea Mix. What is Long Island Ice Tea Mix? I feel like it's going to be coconutty. No, no, it's Coca-Cola and sweet and sour mix, which is lemon and lime and sugar mixed together. Right, let's do that then. So we're going to... I've got I've got five, so I've got Christmas spirits, so we'll just pour a little dash of five spirits into a glass mm-hmm. and then add coca-cola and lemon and lime and sugar mix and we will be truly bewildered looking we'll be on a different planet by then <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Cosmic. <laughs> Fabulous. Cannot wait. Uh, me either. Me either. I hope you've all had a stunning bank holiday weekend. It's just started raining. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Oh, Michael's just in a massive gasp because the washing's outside. <laughs> Dashed out there, dropped the margarita mix, pulling it back in, looking fuming. You're obviously doing a whole lot of fuck all to help. Well, I'm recording a very, very important podcast. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I wouldn't want you to have left anyway. Yeah. Uh, fabulous. Can't wait for the moonshine Long Island iced tea and bewilderment. Me either. Love you loads, Sarah Hop. Sorry, Love Hopkins. You Love you loads. Spiderweb. <laughs> God, no wonder I was bullied so hard. <laughs> hey! Hey! Hey!